So welcome in, everybody. This is Forging the Falcons on the Falcons podcast. I am your host, Scott Kennedy. We are live on a Tuesday instead instead of a Monday. I had some travel to deal with yesterday. Uh, glad to be back and glad to have you all here with me. Maybe we get a little bit more chance to uh, to let things breathe. And frankly, with the news of the of Matt Ryan getting benched by the Indianapolis Colts, maybe it's a good day to have this discussion to be on here today. Uh, I want to get into the Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, some of the personnel, we'll talk a little bit about that. Look forward to the uh, the Panthers. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. And we'll talk about uh, personnel and kind of the direction of this team. And if uh, the Indianapolis Colts can make a move, you know, part of it was forced, but Frank Reich was adamant that Matt Ryan's separated shoulder was not the reason they were making a move for the season, not just until Matt Ryan got healthy again. You know, which begs a question, if the Colts can do it with uh, with Matt Ryan, what's holding the Falcons from doing it with Marcus Mariota, who's been okay? He's been okay. Um, he hasn't been, you know, uh, transcendent. He's been okay. Uh, you know, it, it asks you the question, you know, what are your goals for the year? And And you ask yourself and you ask out loud, you know, maybe the Falcons should find out what they have, what they have in Marcus Mariota. But maybe, I mean, in Desmond Ritter, but maybe they do know. You know, that's, I, I, I'm of the opinion you don't really know what you've got until you see him in games, unless it's so blatantly obvious one way or the other. But, you know, we saw enough from, our, from Desmond Ritter. God, I've said that twice already. From Ritter in the preseason to know that he's he's worth a look in the NFL. I think we've seen that. So, as everybody's coming in, appreciate everybody rolling in here on Facebook and YouTube. Want to say good morning to some folks. Thea D coming in on YouTube saying good morning, Scott. Good morning, Thea. Uh, Jay Davis. Um, at least I think that's Jay Davis. Um, coming in, he says, Arthur Smith needs to change his scheme. You know, that's a, a we'll get into that one a little bit. And I would ask, why? Why would he need to change his scheme? Coming into the Bengals game with smoke and mirrors, he had a top 10 scoring offense. Um you know, you, you play to the strength of your players. You want to drop back and, and run a run and shoot with Marcus Mariota. That that kind of gets into the question a little bit of, do you need to change your players a little bit? This scheme for what he's had has worked very, very well. Again, with a, a top 10 scoring offense, with that offensive line that's returning from last year, uh, your number one receiver is a rookie. Your number two receiver is a, a fourth at best in Alameda Zacchaeus. Kyle Pitts, we could use some more of him for sure. Um, but uh, you know, and Jay says 13 passes went down, three scores is not going to do it. But they they it did. They they got back into the game. You know, it was 28-17 going into halftime. They're they were in this game. Uh, so it, it did get back in the game. It got back in the game against the Buccaneers. Um, again, the scoring, the scoring is fine. I, I would like to see. The, the personnel, and that's not necessarily scheme, Jay. That's that's play calling based on personnel. We haven't seen the full scheme because I don't believe we've seen the personnel to run his scheme, if that makes sense. So I don't I don't think it's necessarily why are you why are you only throwing the ball? I guess this is a chicken of the egg question, Jay. Are you only throwing it 13 times because you don't trust your quarterback to throw it more than 13 times? You don't trust your offensive line to block for that quarterback more than 13 times. You don't trust your receiving core to have more than 13 passes. I think this is more of a personnel thing uh, than it is a, a scheme. Um, and again, this, what they've been doing to this point has been working. They're just, they're, they're so outmanned on defense right now. It was a 
better group, thin for sure. Um, you know, when you start losing corners, good gracious, we've seen what could happen. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Jamal coming in, says, good morning, Scott, and everyone else, rise up. Appreciate you coming in, Jamal. Sleepy Tom on Facebook coming in. Hit that like button. Who's, who's hit the like button so far? Joe, I can count on Joe. Joe Cannon is coming this morning. He says, good morning, Scott, and he has hit the like button. So, you know, getting back to the Cincinnati Bengals game, um, I had a troll kind of hit me up on, on Twitter saying, you know, um, here come the excuses. We all know what the excuses are going to be for uh, for this Atlanta Falcons team. Well, are they, I mean, excuses, you, you think it's kind of a negative connotation when you say excuses, uh, like, oh, they're just making stuff up. Well, I mean, the, the, the problems this Atlanta Falcons team has are valid. Um, we've said a, a zillion times how thin they are, um, where their roster is based across other teams' rosters with missing $100 million in payroll, we start having some injuries in the defensive secondary, especially it starts getting, it starts getting bad. Now I don't want any professional team giving up 500 yards passing. And I think 400 of that was in the first half. Um, but you're down AJ Terrell, you're down Casey Hayward, uh, Isaiah Oliver is in a second game back. Jalen Hawkins gets, gets a concussion. Your pass rush is already Okay. We know Joe Burrow can deal with a pass rush. Shoot, six sacks a game is uh, about average for him. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, but the, the you're going against three number ones and a pretty good tight end in Hayden Hurst. Um, Joe Mixon has been okay this year, not great, but you're going against really three number one receivers. Is, you know, would it be outrageous to say the Falcons have three, I mean, the Bengals have three receivers better than any one of the, the Falcons receivers right now. Drake London, I love his trajectory, but you're, you're talking about T Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase is, is Drake London really ahead of any of those three at this point in his career? He's 21 years old, three number ones. Well, I know Joe Burrow's ahead of Marcus Mariota as a thrower. We, we know that going against a depleted secondary like that against a, a below average pass rush. Guess what's gonna happen? It it wasn't a very good matchup going into the game once everybody once once the Falcons started dropping like they did in, in the secondary. That's gonna happen. What I want to see is again, what was it, 21-0? Pretty close. Um, and the Falcons come back and they knock that thing to 28-17. That's what I want to see out of this team right now. Are they still fighting? Can they still play and do all of those things? Um I was pleased with the effort, of course, uh, that the the Falcons were showing. But they there's there's going to be some games like this. You know, they they won pretty handily against 49ers who were banged up, and they go up to Cincinnati who played like they were in the Super Bowl last year, uh, and uh, and they just couldn't stop them. You know, I, I thought the Falcons was okay. I, mean, I thought the Falcons' offense was was fine, um, but the defense the, the defense was was so outmanned in this game that it was it was always going to be a problem. Big Al coming in on YouTube. Good morning, Big Al. I hope you're doing well. He says, good morning. I don't know why everybody's wanting a QB change so bad. I mean, I'd like one too, but we all knew we were getting a Marcus Mariota. So you kind of contradict yourself a little bit on that one, Big Al. You say, I don't know why we want one so bad. I want one too. Well, then you know why. <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, Marcus Mariota has been good. I, 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 I'm not on out here saying, okay, this should be done. This should be done. Um, Marcus Mariota has been 
again, I think probably a little better than expected. I, I think, and I'm going to go back to Jay's point here about changing his scheme. When when Ar- he says Arthur needs, Arthur Smith needs to change his scheme, again, I, I think the scheme is good. I think the scheme is 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 really good. You're again, you were a top ten offense with this team. Who expected a top ten offense and scoring right now after six games? Um, seven games they scored seventeen was the final, I believe. Um, that's not going to knock them down too much. So you're still a top half offense. Um, but Mariota has shown to be, I think, efficient enough with the ball passing that they they should start opening it up a little bit more. Um, so on that point, Jay, I, I do I do agree with you on that one. I mean, he's he had a, a 90 plus. He's right there mid tier in passing efficiency. Um, his completion percentage has been great. He's taking care of the ball for the most part. Um, that said. Um, I tweeted in the middle of the second quarter was it seems like this, the, the play calling right now is okay. We are going to try and be balanced. We're going to try. And now we're down 21, nothing to hell with it. I'm just going to run it down their damn throats. And that has worked. It has worked really well. Um, we need more than that. The Falcons need more than that out of their offense. They need to be able to complete a pass and passing situations. You need to know that I can I can get guys open third and eight. I feel good about getting a first down. Does anybody feel good on third and long right now with this offense? No. I feel good on first and ten. I feel good on second and six. Third and eight, not so much. Third and three, real good. Uh, third and eight, not so much. And um, Big Al's second point was, don't get me wrong, I want Marcus to do good. I want him to win games. But we just know he is not that high caliber of a quarterback. Yeah, I kind of, you know, is what it is. I'm kind of tired of that phrase. Uh, I think Nick Saban kind of made it famous. He is who he is. He is who he is, but I think he's been playing well. And I guess it gets to this point, uh, everybody, when, when we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, the Indianapolis Colts came into the season with pretty high aspirations. They were going to make a playoff run. Are we the Buffalo Bills? No. Uh, are we the Kansas City Chiefs? Probably not. Can we be that third team coming in where we can make some noise in the playoffs? Yes, yes, we can. And they're three, three, and one in a pretty bad division. The AFC South and the NFC South uh, certainly doesn't replicate college football where the, the Southeastern Conference is king. Um, they're pretty bad. So they're still in the thick of it. But frankly, so are the Falcons at three and four. They're still in the thick of it too. That's the design of the NFL. They want every they want to fool everybody into thinking you're into it. If you hang around 500, you're a playoff contender. But are you a good team? Are are you really a good team? Do you feel like you were watching a team? Uh, you watched the Jets Broncos game this weekend. Good God, just awful. The Jets are five and two, and that was just awful, awful football. We'll get into that next on Mile High Huddle when Nick and I do. Um, do Broncos for breakfast. It was just horrendous. So the Falcons are hanging around 500, hanging around in the playoffs. And I think they are good enough in the trenches this year, good enough coached, well enough coached to hang around 500 most of the year. That is a leaps and bounds improvement over what I was expecting this year based on the the, the trench play that was returning that got better for sure. We've, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, any questions on that about you know, that if you're new or you want to come in or you have a question after the fact, you know, why do, why have you changed your mind on the team? Anything? I'm not going to rehash all that right now. 
So if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. But I, I, th I do think I have revised my projections for this team to hanging around 500 for most of the year. Problem with that, this still isn't a good team. This isn't a good, good Falcons team where you think they can actually make some noise in the playoffs and go on a run and, and win something. So we we actually said at the beginning of the season that what is worst case for this team? Like another 7-10 and 10 season. That would be worst case for this team. You're better off, man, just 3-14 and 14 or, you know, 10-7. Obviously, playoffs are your goal. But 7-10, and 8-9, and nine, and you're picking in the middle of the pack instead of having a top five pick, and you're just kind of meh. Uh, that would be the worst case for this team. That's where this team is trending right now. With a quarterback who doesn't really have a future with this team. Marcus Mariota, I don't believe, is a long-term quarterback. He, I, I don't believe that. I think he is a doing really, really well as a bridge quarterback. But what are the goals of this team? What are the goals of this franchise? Part of it is the culture. We've talked about no excuses, um, going in and playing and not making any excuses. Arthur Smith could have gone up there and talked about how beat up they were. Um, but you know, they don't want to give up 500 yards, no matter who they're putting out there, they're professional and they're not, they're not taking any excuses. Um, so they're going, they're going out there trying to win every game. Um, but how much do you lose with Ritter? Really? Are you losing anything with Ritter? Are, are you, are you signaling that I'm throwing in the towel? If I play Desmond Ritter, the Indianapolis Colts can do it with Matt Ryan and put in Sam Ellinger, who has just about as many professional snaps as uh, as Desmond Ritter, Sam Ellinger, who rushed for 2,000 yards at the University of Texas over four years, Sam Ellinger, who looked fantastic during the preseason. Any of this sound familiar? <laughs> Any of this sound like anybody we know here uh, with the Atlanta Falcons? He sounds a lot like how we would describe Desmond Ritter. Um, so Desmond Ritter, I, we had pointed to a lot in the preseason. If you're going to make a move, if Desmond Ritter was going to get a chance, when was it going to be? And looking at the schedule, it was always week eight, Carolina Panthers at home. Will it happen? I don't think so. I don't. Should it happen? Yeah, it probably should. Um, know what you got. Get in there. And, and if you provide the spark, great. Up is trade value. If you want somebody else in the draft, so be it. But this team is going to hang around 500 and be okay. I, I Okay. Um, if that's what you want, I, I, I get it. You know, I want them to go out there and put their best team on the field. And if he thinks that, that Marcus Mariota is the best quarterback, I want him to play. I'm looking a little bit more long-term, at least even next year. It's not even that long-term. Um, let me hit back on the chat just a little bit. Some folks coming in, uh, Thea D says with all the pressure coming back on offense to score and they didn't commit turnovers is a positive I'll take again. You go down 21-0, you went down big to the Buccaneers, and you came back and fought. This is this is a different Falcons team. It really is. Uh, this team is going out and fighting for um, for Arthur Smith. And whether it's because a lot of them are on one-year contracts, I don't know. But again, I, I do like the mentality and the culture of this team um, is a positive for me as well. James Hyatt coming in says, good morning, Scott. Good morning, James. Hope you are doing well. Joe Cannon has a good question. He says, do we make a move for a DB with all the injuries we have? Um, Arthur Smith, Michael Rothstein, ESPN, uh, Atlanta Falcons beat writer, asked the same thing. Let me bring up the, um, the depth chart for the Atlanta Falcons. 
Uh, but but Arthur Smith said basically doesn't mean watch what they do, not what they say. But he basically said, you know, our job is to develop the guys we have. We've brought a certain type of player in here. We believe in them. Um, but you know, watch watch what they do. They've got an open spot on their roster. There's 52 on the on the 53 man right now. So expect somebody to get elevated. Um, you've got um, Dylan Maven. You've got Matt Hankins. You've got Cornell Armstrong. So you've got three corners on the practice squad right now. Expect somebody to get an elevation. You know, if, whether they get brought up full-time or not, expect at least one of them to, uh, to get a flex, to get a flex during the, um, during the game against the Panthers this week. Um, but Arthur Smith said no. Um, you know, that's not what they're looking for. Everybody's looking for players. Everybody's got problems to an extent that's true. And part of it's just coach speak, you know, to, we, we believe in the guys we have when, when I've said, you, if you, if you have some openings, you're going to fill those openings. So obviously, so if someone goes on IR, there will be, there'll be a move made. Um, if someone goes, yeah, if someone goes on IR, there's, there's a spot open right now. So expect a move to be made. Um, do they go for uh, a defensive back? Um, but as a coach, he gets up there and he stands up there and says, you know, we believe in the guys we have here. And that's what he needs to say. That, that That's what he needs to say. That's what the guys need to hear. Not, oh, we're really shorthanded. And um, yeah, we're going to bring some guys in. We're going to, we're going to look, you know, there, as you said before, they're always looking to bring guys in, always looking to see what they can do. But if I'm one of those three guys on the practice squad, and I know I got two corners in trouble, three corners in trouble. And they say, oh, yeah, we got to make a move. We're really shorthanded. <laughs> if you're one of those three guys on the practice squad, you're looking around saying, man, I thought I was going to get a chance. What am I even doing here? So what he's saying publicly is, is what he should say for sure. But there's an open spot. It's going to get filled. So um, good question, Joe. Dave comes in. <clears throat> Dave says, good morning, Scott, and the rest of y'all. Rest of you guys, He's, uh, Dave, good morning. Glad you're here. Um, Roderick Cook on YouTube says, Mariota needs a rebuild. His best is yet to come for him. He has a free season. You think so, Roderick? Um, you think what you see now is just scratching the surface on on what we're going to see from Marcus Mariota, and we're going to unleash <clears throat> this Cam Newton MVP-esque dual threat, Marcus Mariota, Oregon Heisman Trophy quarterback, or... Are we just trying to go for uber efficient and he can run the ball and and, and do some things? Um, <clears throat> he's shown improvement. That's for sure. I, I think his, his trajectory has been in a positive direction, uh, knocking some of the rust off and getting used to the speed of the game. again. he hadn't started in over two years, like, you know, regularly, regularly started over two years. Um, does he have, you know, tremendous upside? Um, he was a good passer at Oregon, uh, not a great passer. You know, you didn't look at him and say, oh yeah, there's, there's Trevor Lawrence. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a, you know, a, a prototype thrower. Uh, Marcus Mariota never was, um, Desmond Ritter, I think is probably a little bit better of a passer. Um, numbers were similar. Mariota's numbers at Oregon were insane. Uh, th th that was an offense built for, built for him, but the best is yet to come for him, Roderick. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I feel we're getting good out of him. Could we get more? I, I said that already. Yeah, I think I, I'd like to see his attempts come up into instead of being ten of thirteen passing, how about fifteen of twenty three? 
you know, and and start breaking 200 yards. Of the guys that have thrown, have played seven games, of the quarterbacks that have played seven games so far, so far, he's second to last in yards. Behind, um, he's just ahead of Justin Fields, who is starting to show some life too. Dave says, with the exception of the first game and maybe the second half of the Browns game, what is Coach Pease doing to hold teams from scoring in the second half of games? Um. Against the against the uh, the Bengals, he, well, he's he's smart and he makes adjustments. Um, again, I I, I, I t- talked about this a little bit last week, Dave, but I I think some of it is personnel. You're going to be rotating guys in, and hopefully, you're doing some of that in the first half, trying to keep your guys fresh for the fourth quarter and stuff. Um, but that you know, the Saints, like you said, they they open things up, and Jameis Winston went like he does against the Falcons. He's got like a 110 quarterback rating, a 115 quarterback rating against the Falcons in his career. It's insane. Then he reverts back to form and the Saints stink. Um, but what are some of the things he's doing? Um, I think I think he plays a little bit more conservative early uh, and then brings some pressure late. I think that's part of it. He makes good adjustments. And then, you know, you start playing the hot hand. You'll see the rotation going in and making sure that you've got your best personnel in the most critical situations. But that's why the depth is so important when you're having those rotations. You're going to have about a two-to-one split on the defensive line. So 33% of the time, you're going to be having your second team guys out there. So one in three drives, right? So you, you want those guys hopefully to play a little bit earlier in your, in your rotation. So you've got your, your top guys fresh for the second half. Anthony Shea coming in. Good morning, Anthony. Appreciate you being here. Says Arthur Smith hasn't made any excuses. He knows that we have the right guys just have to execute and obviously stay healthy. I don't know about the right guys. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover, Anthony. Uh, everybody on this team is either on a rookie deal or on a one-year deal. Um, and if I say one-year deal, but Scott's, you know, Marcus Mariota signed a two-year deal. A, a multiple-year year deal is only as good as you are to the to the franchise. What you do, SpotRacks made this real easy. Just go to the salary, look at the dead cap number. The dead cap number is how much you cost against the cap if you're cut. Um, his number goes to a $2 million dead cap number. So if they want to keep him, they can. If they don't, it only costs $2 million. That's a one-year deal with a club option. So when I say a one-year deal, that's what I mean, even if they have multiple years on their contract. If they are expendable, it's a one-year deal. Um, They're not guaranteed deals. He's already gotten his guaranteed money. So everybody on this team is on a uh, one-year deal or uh, a rookie contract. There's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, so again, this team is just getting started and, and, uh, Anthony comes in. Yeah. I see that you're right on them being on the way out. At least we're getting the quarterback. <laughs> Jared is getting to the quarterback. Jared is playing well. It, it feels different though. Anthony, right. Um, uh, talked about the quarterback coming in, coming into the game with eight sacks, put the Falcons 30th in the NFL and sacks 30th. They were so God awful. I, I said it statistically almost impossible, statistically impossibly bad rushing the quarterback last year that eighth and 30th feels like a grits blitz. Um, they added three more. So they're at 11. They were at 18 last year, I believe 18. 
The second worst team in the NFL last year was 29. You could bring in a double-digit sack guy and still be last. That's how impossibly bad it was last year. So that they've improved to just bad, being 30th in the league, feels amazing. (laughs) It feels, wow, we're really getting after the quarterback. In truth, though, Anthony, the Falcons aren't. They're compared to the rest of the league. They're not. They're not getting to the quarterback on that level. But that's. But I, I agree with you though. There's improvement. I don't. I don't have to have prime Lawrence Taylor out there right away. There's improvement. Climb out of the the cellar to just bad is heading in the right direction, and you're doing it with a journeyman, Lorenzo Carter, and you're doing it with Arnold Ebiketti, who is playing really, really well. Not just for a rookie. He's playing well. There's a lot of promise there. But when you start looking at team building for me edge corner another wide receiver and then we got to decide what we're going to do with the quarterback position you got to get more of a pass rush you need another edge you've got d'angelo malone you've got lorenzo carter on a one-year deal you've got arnold ebiketti two rookies lorenzo carter um who else is in there oh and um ade ogandeji if he's going to be around for a year three beyond just a a rotation role He's got to play better. He's he's the starter technically now, um, but he's he's not playing really. He's not playing very well. Um, he did not make that leap that Taquan Graham did. Taquan Graham and him were drafted in fourth and fifth rounds last year. Taquan Graham has taken that leap from okay, I'm having to play. I'm not really ready on. I'm not very good last year. To I'm kicking ass this year. Taquan Graham has been good. Uh, and you, you mentioned Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett has been playing at a Pro Bowl level, without a doubt. Grady Jarrett's been fantastic. Um, he's been at a Pro Bowl level. But for me, looking at team building next year, um, right tackle, uh, is Caleb McGarry going to be back? Big question mark. Um, and then uh, more more playmakers at wide receiver. You're going to need some help for those guys. That's where I think it comes in. And Big Al says um, – what about the offensive line? Left tackle, Jake Matthews is under contract for a long time. Eli Wilkinson, left guard, has been really good. You could bring him back. Uh, he's on a one-year deal. Cheap, cheap one-year deal. Center, yes, please. We're, we're, we're going to have to address the center position and see if Drew Dahlman bring him him and Hennessy and put some resources in and see if they can hold off somebody with some money. Right guard is taken care of. You've got um, Chris Lindstrom on, a, on his fifth-year deal on his, his, his rookie extension. So he'll be on his fifth year. He'll be up for a contract extension and then right tackle. I'm for paying uh, Caleb McGarry. I, I think he's earned it. You know who else I am for paying is this guy, Nick Kendall coming in, going to join us for the last 15 minutes or so. Um, we're talking just a little bit of team building. And we've also talked a little bit of, uh, of you know, the, if the Falcon, if, if Matt Ryan can be benched for the Indianapolis Colts, What's to hold back the Falcons from doing the same with Marcus Mariota and uh, and Desmond Ritter? And uh, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Tired. Uh, got uh, flu and COVID booster yesterday, so I'm a little bit sore in the arms, but uh, feeling good. And also did uh, my cousin was in town, dropped him off at the uh, airport last night at about 11 and uh, did some sunrise hikes. So been going, going, going. I feel like it's been a bit. So good to see you, Scott. Uh, as far as... Uh, what was the what was the question? The, uh... We're talking, yeah, who, what? We're talking, you know, the, the big news yesterday, and I think even in, in Atlanta Falcons country, 
was that mm-hmm. Matt Ryan was benched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, Matt Ryan was very polarizing his last few years as the team got worse. Mm-hmm. There was the, it's all his fault. And then there was the, we love Matt Ryan, none of it's his fault group, you know, and then there's the small sliver of people who are, you know, right in between there. And, and, um, you know, there's the, there's a lot of, a little bit of sadness from some folks that he's, you know, out separated shoulder and then benched. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of those that are like, ha ha, we told you he was washed up. But if the, if the Colts can do that, who have higher aspirations going into this season, can do it and bring in basically an untested player in Sam Ellinger. Why can't the Falcons do that with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter? Is Mariota playing well enough that he's a locked on starter? Or, you know, do you want to see a little bit more? Is there a reason why you're only throwing the ball a dozen times a game? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that Mariota's ability in the run game, although another fumble loss isn't ideal for the uh, run game, but he's still a playmaking option. I consider if the quarterback's running the football, that to be another play from the quarterback, and I'd lump that as a uh, rush attempt. I and mean, we saw it can be super effective yesterday, last night. I don't know how much he caught, but uh, Justin Fields actually looked like he maybe had his coming out party against the Patriots, or yeah, against the Patriots there. So I feel like probably right now they there's a relationship with Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota that dates back to the Tennessee days, and they are still very much in the thick of things. Where the Colts, I mean, I guess they're in the thick of things too, but you're tied for first in the division. I mean, I don't see there being a reason until things start to even get way off the rails that it's going to uh, be an issue there. And while the Falcons put up, what was it, 17, 17. points last week, mm-hmm. the offense wasn't good enough, but they didn't give up 35 points. Uh, right. They're not the reason that you lost this game. It was giving up nearly 500 yards to uh, Joe Burrow through the air. And that was just uh, the first half. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the things, you know, cornerbacks, pass rush, uh, things that we've been talking about on here, question marks for this team. You probably still need a true alpha edge rusher, but like Evichetti, but like him more as a Robin than a Batman. And uh, you need some just depth at the cornerback position uh, across the board. So this is one where that, that reared its head. At some point, I think if this team, you know, let's say you're, you lose five of your next seven games, or something like that, then we can be talking, I think, uh, Desmond Ritter kind of seeing what you have there because the way Marcus Mariota's contract is set up. But for now, I don't think that I would be pressing that button uh, just quite yet because Mariota has been good enough, in my opinion. And for the first time all year, uh, week eight, the Falcons are favored four and a half points against the Panthers who are coming off a nice win. So great. All of a sudden, the fan- the Panthers are looking dangerous um, all, of- all of a sudden. So, um, Kevin coming in on Facebook saying, uh, good morning guys. Good morning, Kevin. Appreciate you being here. And Anthony Shea saying, I think the Colts line has really let Matt down. Also the system he's playing isn't, isn't 100%. Is it maybe hard time to adjust or just too late? Um, the, if you're a Matt Ryan detractor, you would say his, his lack of mobility and holding on the ball too long is causing his 24 sacks because he's been sacked 24 times. He had four seasons in Atlanta where he was sacked 24 times or less. He's already been sacked four time, 24 times with the Colts. If you're a detractor of Matt Ryan, you would point that there's a common denominator here. Um, then they can't run the ball either. All of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor, who's been nicked up, they can't run the ball. So the line hasn't been um, hasn't been been great. Um, and he's been giving the ball away too much. The the fumbles, all of that stuff is uh, is 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 a bit much. Um, Ellinger's we're going to see 
the mobile quarterback. Like I said, Ellinger rushed for 2,000 yards at Texas. The guy can move, and he was flawless. He was really, really good in the preseason. Um, I thought him or Foles might end up being traded, and they still might. They still might. Dave says, Scott, can Mariota, Mariota have a Ryan Tannehill-like resurgence? If not, then what are we really talking about with this guy? It's a good question. He's playing efficiently, which is where Tannehill was. Tannehill was efficient in winning games, but that Titans team from top to bottom was just a lot better. They, they were a lot better than the Falcons um, The Falcons are right now. Um, and, and, you, and you remember, you know, who did Tannehill replace? Um, you know, it was same coach, same team, and all of a sudden Tannehill looks better. Now, Mariota has been, again, he's been fine. He's been fine. Hmm. Do you want fine or do you want, do you want better? Um, I, I would like to see him get eight to ten more throws. You know, 22, 23 throws, Nick. Isn't out of the question, is it? No, it's not. And you almost wonder how much they are protecting uh, him from the wide receiver talent outside of uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts, yeah, <laughs> killing me in fantasy, buddy. Um, but other than that, um, that that might be part of it as well. It might be personnel based. And to, I guess, until last week, it had been working. I mean, the Falcons were putting up points at a decent clip, mm-hmm. and that's even with uh, losing Cordell Patterson there. So. Can't get uh, too upset about that. I, I I appreciate Dave probably having more of the long-term perspective. Like if Mariota isn't the long-term answer, then right. what are we doing here? Maybe we want exactly. to see Desmond Ritter there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you are tied for first place in the division, and we aren't You're seeing three what they're looking for. three and four, though, Nick. You know? Yeah, but you are in the midst of things for but this that's, season. That's the false hope the NFL tries to sell you by expanding the playoffs and trying to make everybody crap. I think, though, you still want – the goal should be to make the playoffs. And uh-huh. that, that should be – you should be pointing towards that. And we're not in the practice facility or the locker room. And if there was a, I believe if it was close between these two quarterbacks in that situation, picking up the offense, running the practice, we might've seen a uh, Ritter displaced by now, but there doesn't seem to be any whisper of that or murmur of that. So if you make that switch, you're probably telling this team that we don't care about the season, even though we're right. right in the midst of things, we're going to play the worst quarterback. And you just, you can't do that for a team that has been in the situation. The Falcons have been for years. I agree with you. This isn't a Super Bowl team, but, even getting the super, uh, even getting the playoffs, getting that experience, that confidence. Uh, I think you got to continue to play the better guy. Now, maybe Desmond Ritter's right behind him. Again, we're not there watching the practice. We're not there in the meeting rooms. Um, if he is, then I'd be more open to this conversation. But being three and four, I know it's not great, but you're in the midst of things. Play the best guy for now. I will say, Nick, um, what we are seeing is reason one, reason one of five why I was so against taking pass catchers with the first two, you know, the, the, the last two years with those two high picks, because you can't use them. If you don't have the quarterback play and you can't stop anybody, the offensive line has improved. That was reason like number one, why mm-hmm. I didn't want a pass catcher. Number two was a quarterback play. Number three was a defense. So number one, the offensive line seems to be good. That, that's been solved. But when you've got questions at quarterback, and here's the thing is you're probably gonna have questions at quarterback next year. Now you're in a year three of Kyle Pitts on a on a four-year deal with a one with a one-year option. So on a year three of a five-year deal, and everybody's wondering what about Kyle Pitts? The tag for him will be exceedingly cheap, though, unless it goes to like arbitration kind of issues. Cause you think he'll be go as a wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, I get a yeah. plan as a tight end in fantasy, but um yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, he's, that's uh, the question. He's his his agent, he won't play on a tight end tag. Uh, for those of you uh, uh, listening, Nick is talking about 
if you go with a fifth year option, which is a slotted based on doesn't matter your position, that's that yeah. you get up. It'll be expensive because he's number four overall pick. You get a slotted salary based on where you were picked. But the franchise tag is based on your position. You get a, an average of the top five highest salaries in the NFL at that position. And Nick is saying that the tag on him as a tight end would be pretty cheap. It would um, be. But it, he wouldn't play on that because he plays wide receiver. No, <laughs> he's actually been more in line and doing some some good blocking. He's really improved there, um, for sure. But again, this what you're watching is why I wanted trench play for the most part. You know, go go get an edge, um, get a fire breathing offensive tackle. Um, I did say though, you know, to be fair. So I'm not just grading completely in hindsight is, you know, the, the face of the franchise at the time, the best available player may have been Kyle Hamilton at safety, uh, Atlanta kid. And he, he ain't cutting it right now for the Ravens. So right now, Drake London still looks like the better pick. Um, D train coming in D train. That feels like a newer name. So, uh, D train, appreciate you being here. Love the picture. That smiling face is awesome. Uh, so good morning, uh, Mr. Wilson. Um, hope things are going well. Appreciate you being here. And Eric coming in saying, good morning, fellas. Are you worried about our cornerback depth? Having third strings on Pro Bowl wide receivers was a liability that game. Um, I'm going to kind of make a joke out about this, Eric. I, I've, I, there's a, there is a certain calmness in utter doom. I realized that in, in college when I was completely unprepared for a test and was the calmest I've ever been in my life because I had zero chance of passing it. None. Outcome was decided. Am I worried about the cornerback depth? Man, it's terrible. It, the it's outcome bad. was decided. It was doom. But yes, to answer your question seriously, yes. Extremely worried about it. Um, going in, a healthy Isaiah Oliver, Casey Hayward, AJ Terrell is good. That's good. You're down two of those three. And Oliver took most of the season – Already, he's only in a second game. You you can't you can't beat the Bengals in Cincinnati with backups, and not just backups, but backups to backups, veteran minimum backups, guys that you pulled off other people's practice squads or draft picks that nobody else wanted. You don't want to give up 500 yards, but that those guys were going to have such big games that they're pulling hamstrings from running free all game was fairly predictable, Eric. So yeah, some things need to be done. And that's why I said uh, off-season team building, edge, cornerback, wide receiver. Those are probably my top three priorities, Nick. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver, you could definitely talk about that one. Cornerback, edge, if it, it depends on where the Falcons are picking, right? Also, mm -hmm. I mean, you could bring in anybody on the defense, on the defensive side of the ball, and they can make a difference for you. Uh I was kind of looking over the big board, uh, the big board here on uh, the draft network and just the style of play here for the Falcons. This one might seem, you might be like, Oh my God, I can't even believe it. Don't but say wide receiver. Just don't say it. I wasn't going to say wide receiver <laughs> tight end tight end for how much you use 12 personnel. You could uh, detach Kyle Pitts more. There's a tight end is not Brock Bowers from Georgia. I know you guys know you're a Brock Bowers mm -hmm. down there. He's incredible. He'll be a top five pick probably in 2020, uh, 2024, but Michael Mayer, um, from Notre Dame, maybe that can uh, attach the offensive line. If you want to live in a 12 personnel world, um, he is probably a top 15 pick in the upcoming draft. So interesting one there as well, but just continue to get good players, cornerback edge rusher. Probably those are the big two, uh, for mm -hmm. first round right now. 
maybe a versatile uh, offensive lineman uh, that could probably live in guard early on and then kick out the tackle, giving you some flexibility, just continue to add resources there. Uh, but uh, edge rusher and cornerback are the obvious big two. Yeah, th- those are the big ones. And then, you know, just depth all around. Um, if you could promise me Travis Kel- Kelsey, I'd give a number one overall. Oh, my God. I haven't watched yeah. it. I really haven't watched the Chiefs through the years. Um, I watched them this weekend. Travis Kelsey my goodness, is he good? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's some I, you, you see the numbers, you know, who's putting up numbers. I see stats, but watching them in person, you know, we've gotten a chance to watch the 49ers recently. Um, you know, I, I've watched the Chiefs. You know, who else has some some what I think of Kelsey Kittle? Um, you know, we know Pitts. Um, but from what I've seen, Kelsey's a step above even, you know, uh Kittle right now. He's mm-hmm. he's just really really good um can you get that guy though um again if if they were to go tight end in the first round i'd probably flip a lid uh even more so than them taking wide receiver last year um again because you're you can't use your offensive skill players yet not the way you want to um when you're giving up a bunch of points and you know you don't, your quarterback isn't, uh, isn't settled. James yeah. coming in on, on, uh, I appreciate you, James, James coming in on, uh, YouTube. He says, should the Falcons play Desmond Ritter for me? Yes. The more playing time, the better Marietta isn't long-term, uh, Ritter might be, let's find out. And, and that's kind of the discussion here is, uh, you know, it, how much of a difference right now is there between Mariota and, and Ritter? Is it close? Um, we're not there every day. What we saw in the preseason was Ritter looked pretty damned good. Mm-hmm. What we saw in the preseason from Sam Ellinger was Sam Ellinger looked pretty damn good. They are benching their starter. They had Sam Ellinger third string two weeks ago for the Colts, and he is starting this week. Young, mobile, has shown well. Bold move. Difference is Frank Reich's on the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur Smith isn't. This could be a Hail Mary, too. Yeah. That's the other point I wanted to make, and I kind of forgot, um, was Frank Reich, is his job's in, in danger. Arthur Smith's isn't. So yeah. are you doing one last thing to try and save your job where Arthur Smith doesn't have to? He doesn't have to go with the big risk. He doesn't have to. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And I saw a question here from Kevin Fitzpatrick talking about uh, uh, the Falcons here with the, uh, he says, our guys are not getting open. Is it the scheme? Part, part of it is the scheme. I'm um, obviously you lack talent here, but the Falcons, uh, at least to my knowledge, are using the heaviest dosage of max protect in the NFL uh, with deep play action, keeping, everybody besides two guys in the block and then sending those guys on deep routes, uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And for the most part, it had been working pretty damn well uh, for the Falcons at this point. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, it's both as the, the long answer there. But um, I think you're probably right, Scott, using a, a first round pick on a wide receiver again would be an issue, but a day two pick probably needs to be almost in Sharpie. Uh, you need to figure out some maneuverability there to bring in another wide receiver who's capable of being a third option there. Or because you have so much cash, maybe throwing some money around uh, this offseason at the position uh, for a wide a wide receiver to target three. Couple of questions, real quick. Then we got to hop over to Mile High Huddle to talk that Broncos Jets game. My goodness, Oof, God man, <laughs> awful. I haven't been on yet. I missed yesterday. Yeah, um, but we'll be back again here tomorrow. Uh, Dave comes and he says, "Do you agree with Coach Peace about the yardage allowed thing, which is basically yards don't matter, only points do?" That's an oversimplification. Um, you know, you always say, you know, bend, but don't break allowed in between the twenties, but getting guys off the field is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm allowing guys to drive 12 plays, eight 
eight minute drives and kick a field goal, that's going to tell. And then I'm going three and out and they do it again. You're not going to be able to win games like that. Even if you hold the points down, you're not going to be able to win games like that if you can't get stops. So it's an oversimplification. I get where he's coming from, but you got to be able to get guys off the field. And when you're giving up 500 yards, you're also giving up 30 plus points. Um, So that was, that was an oversimplification. Um, If I can get stops and turnovers, I'm not worried so much about the yards between the twenties, but if they if they've got the ball the whole time and they are getting points at the end of their drives and I'm going three and out, I'm going to lose a lot of games. Um, yeah, Clayton total- says, "Why don't we run screen plays, wide receiver, DB, or quarterback, or offensive line?" I've seen screen plays. Um, that said, I don't know how good uh, a receiver Tyler Algier is. Caleb Huntley just came off the practice squad. Avery Williams was a cornerback a month ago. Um, no, he started in the offseason and running back, but he's been a corner his whole life. Let's get Cordero Patterson back. Um, and 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 then we'll then we'll ask the question because I've seen the Falcons run really, really good screenplays. Um, with you know, especially to the right side, where you've got Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry out there leading the line. Um, I think I think right now it's personnel a little bit, and you're facing still facing some heavy boxes, Nick. Yeah. And that's partially by design. Uh, teams right now know that the Falcons are playing second highest rate of two tight ends and running the ball as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just had a vision next year. The Falcons trading a lot of picks to uh, the Ravens for uh, Lamar Jackson and kind of seeing what that looks like out there. That might be a fun one. Um, that would but, be a fun one. That, that uh, could just, be interesting. This is just how the Arthur, system would look there. Arthur Blank will pay the man. We know that. We've we've seen Thomas Dimitrov waste hundreds of millions of Arthur Blank's money. So Arthur Blank... And the money is not the problem. Yeah. So appreciate you, uh, everybody coming in here on a on a quick Tuesday. Um, sorry I wasn't available on Monday. I won't be here Monday, next Monday either. Uh, I'm traveling again next Monday. So um, mm-hmm. we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll do a Tuesday reaction on a Wednesday show. Um, but we will be back tomorrow at our regular scheduled Wednesday time. So everybody, thanks for being here. Hit that like button, that subscribe button on your way out. Um, that's all we got. We're going to hop over to mile high huddle and rip apart the Broncos and jets. So until tomorrow, we'll see you next time.